Good day, everybody. Welcome to Talking the Word. I am Pastor Josh. And I'm Pastor Matt. And this is uh, this is Talking the Word. Today, our topic that we're going to be talking about is love. I think it's a uh, very, very good topic. I think it's something that, um, you know, doesn't necessarily get talked a lot about. Um, it is definitely something that we should talk more about because it is something very powerful. And uh, with, with today's, with what we go through today. Um, and everything. So um, I think it's really something powerful. Um, so I want to kind of start this way, and that is, uh, you know, kind of starting with the definition of love yes. and what defines love. Yes. Um, when I think of love, mm-hmm. because I think love's a, a big term, and uh, um, and tends to what happens with what tends to happen with the word love is we tend to get in these phases or what I call stages. Sure. Where we tend to think that, uh, well, or we tend to use love in a not really a non-realistical term, but we tend to make love as something meaningless and yes. not as meaningful and something that's, yes. that's small, not big. It is, um, and, and we tend to put these boundaries on love, thinking that love means short term. When sure. when when technically love means forever, means because forever. the definition of love is is the cross, is mm-hmm. Jesus, yes. is exactly what He went through. Sure. Um, that's the definition of love. When sure. you, when we need to find what love was, you de- right. love defines as Christ, yep. um, because true. Christ was the ultimate love. He was the yes. ultimate love that sure. you know had to come through and see. Yeah. One thing is we had to have a perfect, we had to have perfect love, so that way our sinful nature can be cast out. And it took something so perfect. And what yes. we have done in society is we have per- what I call perverted love, yeah. um, especially in our relationships. What, what yes. it comes with with a lot of relationships nowadays is in a lot of relationships, it, it becomes a word that's used and it becomes a common norm yes. um, in the fact of, well, it doesn't matter whether I love them or not. It's I can be in a relationship with someone and just like the person. Sure. But mm-hmm. me just liking them, I can still yep. say I love you to them because that's just the thing you say in a relationship. Yep. Yep. And, and I, I like to look at love this way. And that is, you know, when you use love, there's a big meaning behind it. Mm-hmm. Love is something that is. You know, it's a sacrificial it is. deal because it's something where you have to go above and beyond yourself. Right. And it's something where where when you truly love someone, you're going to go above and beyond. You, you know, you're right. going to, especially for who you love, whether it's your boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, uh, brother, sister, grandma, whatever it is, family. Yep. You know, and when you love them, you're going to want to go the extra mile from them. Especially like, okay, you know, for those of us guys, you know, for those that are married and those that have, you know, girlfriends. You know, if you truly love your girlfriend or your wife, mm-hmm. you're gonna go above and beyond, such as making sure she has a she has a, she has a wonderful day. By it could just be by simply just praying for her throughout mm-hmm. the day, yep. by just calling her up and saying, yep. "Hey, just want to check on you." By sure. just blessing her with something out That's of right. the kindness of your heart, That's because right. you know, love is not something meaningful. It's not something meaningless. It's no. something meaningful. And, yes. and I think what happens is a lot of times, what what tends to happen in relationships with, with the word love is we tend to look at it this way and that is we get in one where I just like and we tend to tell them I love you sure. and, and, and see the problem with that is the fact that when you take love in that context sure. it tends to become hurtful because you may tell because a guy may tell his girlfriend mm-hmm. or whatever I love you mm-hmm. and she may believe it and then come find out later they break up and she goes I thought you loved me he goes well I never really did because it was just something you say yeah. vice versa the girl sure. will do the same thing it also yeah. happens in marriages where they break apart and they go well I thought you know I thought we loved each other mm-hmm. but apparently we don't it's like no, no because love is something no. that doesn't die love no. is something that, that continues and, and a lot of people say well love dies and a lot of people say, I just, I just lost my love. Like, it just mm-hmm. kind of went away. Sure. Well, love only goes away when you decide to let it go right. away because love is something that, that is not just there. It's yeah. not just given to you sure. in such a way that it stays strong. You got to work at them. You got to put right. effort into it. You got to show that person, hey, you know, if I love you and care about you, I'm going to put the effort forward to yep. zip, to exemplify this love. Yep. It's just like Jesus did for us on sure. the cross. You know, when he loved us, he That's didn't right. just say, I love you. And that was in the story. No. Sure. Um, which it could have been because we all know he loves us, but he loved us in such a way yes. that he says, because I love you, I'm going to show you my love sure. by going out. I'm going to heal the blind, heal the sick. I'm going to feed the 5,000 mm-hmm. and show you how much I love my people. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to show you, I'm going to show you the full extent of love. That sure. love is, 
is sacrifice. Love That's is right. going above and beyond. Love is being there for people. And so, so with right. love, um, he exemplified that by showing us, you know, the ultimate, the greatest love of all. And that is, um, one, what love's to look like sure. and, you know, what our example of love is. And that's by him dying and going to the cross. Right. Well, you know, Jesus said, greater love has no man than this, than a man would lay down his life for his friends. Yep. And there's three types of love that we see in the Bible. You have the Eros love, obviously, which is what you talked about a moment ago, mm-hmm. where you have the romantic love, the, the emotional and romantic love between a husband and a wife, between yes. a man and a woman that you see. And then you have phileo love, which is the companion love, the friendship yep. love, which you see a lot uh, in, in people that have been lifelong friends. Um, and then, of course, the third one is the agape love, which is oh, yes. the sacrificial love, which Jesus exemplified, as you said, Josh, when he went to the cross. And one thing that you said really mm-hmm. clearly that I think I want to I add to is that love in its purest form yep. is sacrifice. It is. Because, you know, Jesus said, you know, greater love has no man than this is a man laid down, man laid down his life for his friends. Yep. And Jesus said to his disciples, I don't call you servants. I call you friends. <laughs> yep. And, true. and the thing is, is that Paul tells us in First Corinthians chapter 13, he says, he says, though I speak with the tongues of angels and have not love, I've become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not love, I'm nothing. Mm-hmm. And he says, and though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, sacrifice my own life is what he's saying. Yep. But I have not love. It profits me nothing. Yeah. He goes on to describe that love is patient. Love is kind. Love, it, love does not keep Amen. a record of wrongs. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not envious. It's not rude. Um, uh, it, it, it believes all things. It hopes all things. Love never fails. And then at the very end of that 13th chapter, Josh, he says these three things remain eternal. Faith, yep. hope, and love. But what did he say the greatest of these is? Love. And I think that the, the best way to look at love, too, is that it's something that we're commanded to do. In yes. Matthew chapter 5, you can read probably verses 44 all the way down to probably verse 48 to 50. Mm-hmm. Jesus says we're to do what? We're to love God with all yep. of our heart, we our are. soul, our strength, and our mind. And the second thing is we're to love our neighbor as ourselves. We are. And a lot of times people think and they get a really misconstrued idea because of what you said, because they think that love is is just uh, just a word you can just throw out there and say people use that term so loosely and people use that term so flippantly i think hollywood the media entertainment Mm -hmm. uh books literature they've all they've all watered down the importance of love you know when you marry somebody and, you know, I'm going to be celebrating 22 years with my wife here in a few weeks on May the 16th. Thank you. And I can tell you that love is, is like you said, when you love your spouse, yeah. you, you know, you, you submit to them, you <laughs> sacrifice for them, you serve them, you do what you can. Oh, yeah. There are times that you have to do things that you don't want to do. And love also, Josh, from a Christian perspective, mm-hmm. the agape love that the Christian is called to demonstrate is a love that forgives yep it is. is a love that overlooks faults is a love that overlooks um you know that overlooks the deficiencies and the problems of other people and yep. just loves it uh, a great a great man that i knew and he's since now passed away but uh a pastor that that i had the chance and the privilege of having come to our church when i pastored in Clio, michigan he was a speaker at a convention that we were holding and um this man uh, pastored in Waco, Texas. His name was uh, oh, Reverend nice. Steve Oates, great man of God. And um, and he was, uh, uh, at that time, he was an executive with our organization and was doing home missions and evangelism work. And so he had left his church in Waco, Texas, Church of the Open Door was what it was called at the time. Oh, nice. And he had several hundred people. And I mean, he had ministries, Josh, for everything. I mean, they had ministries, homeless shelter, uh, you know, ministries to, you know, uh, people that were in addiction, recovery, uh, they had all kinds of food pantry, outreach evangelism. I mean, you name a ministry, they pretty much had it. I mean, yeah. This was this was a dream church to be a part of because there was a place for somebody there. 
And I asked him over dinner, I had the privilege of having dinner with him one night and uh, we were sitting down at dinner before the service that evening. And I, I said, I said, Pastor Oates, can I ask you a question? I said, what is the secret to having the success that you've had in the ministry as a pastor? And before I could even get the question out of my mouth, he said, let me stop you, Matt. He said, I'll tell you what the answer is. It's loving people. And he got real emotional when he said that. He said, it's loving people. He said, he's, and then he went on to tell me that, that Christ is love. He said, what does 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 say? Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. Yep. And everyone that Amen. loves is born of God and knows God. And then he says in verse 8, he said, you notice verse 8 says, he who does not love knows not God, for God is love. Amen. So if you really truly love somebody like you were talking about and you're willing to, to love them, to serve them, to help them, forgive them, overlook their faults, mm -hmm. and Amen. really love them, love them at, at, at their innermost being, so to speak, um, you know, God, you're showing the love of God because that's the thing. Yep. I always tell people all the time, I love you with the love of the Lord. And I don't say that just as, as a cliche. Yeah. I love you with the love of the Lord, Josh. I love you with the love of the Lord, Pastor Matt. No, when you say I love you with the love of the Lord, you're saying I love you enough that I'm willing to do anything to help you to be a blessing to minister to you. And I think what you said is so imperative. And I'll let you speak to this in a second. When you say... You know, we use love and we say, well, I don't really love you. Well, a Christian can't say that. A Christian believer needs to be demonstrating love oh, in his or her words, in their thoughts, in their actions. <laughs> I say this too. You can't be in ministry if you don't love people. It's just as simple as that. So, And that's yeah. the way I've always felt. Yeah, you can't um, because with the ministry, you know, one of the, one of the most powerful tools you have in ministry is love itself. Because that's how you really connect to someone. That's how you really change yeah. their life. By mm -hmm. you know the ministry I was just with called CBM, which mm -hmm. is with Bible Ministries. Yes. You know, dealing working with kids and dealing with teenagers there. You know, one of the best outlets for these kids is a lot of these mm -hmm. kids show up. They're broken. They're hurting. They're wanting. They're wanting what love. And a lot of these kids come from backgrounds where where love doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. Where they don't have love in their homes. They feel neglected. They feel mm -hmm. alone. They feel hopeless. And a lot of them want to take their lives mm -hmm. on a suicide level. And so by exemplifying that that that, that Christ-like love, mm -hmm. like Christ showed us, that that changes the soul because when a person mm -hmm. can see that, mm -hmm. you you're, one, your ministry is going to be effective, mm -hmm. and two, you're really going to transform their life mm -hmm. because you're giving them something they've never seen before, mm -hmm. and they're going to ask the question of, why do you love me? Mm -hmm. You know, why do you yeah, love yeah. me? And And you love them because, one, you know, you love them because Christ calls us to love, mm -hmm. but... By having Christ in your heart, mm -hmm. and by being born again and set free from your sins and saved by Jesus, by Jesus, mm -hmm. by the saving grace of Jesus, you're drawn to those that yes. need love, and you're and you want to share that love of mm -hmm. Jesus. And one of the things yeah. I like to like to look at too with love, and, and I tell this to a lot of, you know, mm -hmm. um, anytime I've counseled couples, which has been a few times. On, sure, I've only done it enough mm -hmm. to count on one hand, and. Got kind of lucky. Don't sure. know why they came to me for counseling, but sure. I was like, sure, yeah, let me see what I can do. Sure. <laughs> but uh, one of the biggest things um, I did when I when I was counseling, I counseled a married mm -hmm. couple. The only married couple I ever counseled. Mm -hmm. um, the other couple I counseled were people wanting to get married. Mm -hmm. And um, and mm -hmm. so with this married couple, I, I was telling the dude um, mm -hmm. and in a private session, just him, and I was telling him, you know, yeah. that, you know, one thing about love is – is understanding that your wife's imperfect. Yep. Is understanding that your wife's imperfect. And I said the best one thing about love is understanding that the person you love, you care about the most, is so sure. imperfect that their imperfections are what draws you to them, what you love the most about mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. Because it's it's their imperfections. That's right. Because you, you're not drawn to their perfections. Their perfections are not what cause you to fall from. It's the fact that you saw them so imperfectly mm -hmm. that in the most perfect way you found love. Sure. And it's just like how Christ did it with sure. us. Is we were so imperfect yeah. that it took a perfect love mm -hmm. to to give us a chance yep. to have a chance at perfection. Sure. And sure. it was through it was through right. God God seeing how imperfect we were yes. that He loved us so much yes. that He was willing to send His Son mm -hmm. to give us a chance to experience mm -hmm. what yeah. per, what perfect love think, felt like. Think about you to add to what you said. I'm thinking of the words in Colossians chapter three. Paul's writing about the character. <clears throat> of the new man, when we put off the old man and we put on the new man, which yep. is, you know, when we come to Christ and 
for those that that understand salvation when you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're born again. Oh yes, you're regenerated by the Holy Spirit and you become a new person. That's why Second yeah. Corinthians uh, chapter five. Uh, it tells us, you know, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Behold, old things are passed away and all things become new. Well, when you when you take on the Lord Jesus Christ and, and you become a, a born again believer, and you become a Christian believer. You start to yes. uh, walk in newness of life. And Paul writes about this in the uh, in the book of Colossians, chapter three. I want to read verse 12 and I want to probably go down, probably down, probably to verse 19, because this is this is uh, really a good uh, a good topic. So we're talking about love. He yes, writes to the church of the Colossians in Colossians three, verse 12. Paul writes, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, mm-hmm. that means that you've come into Christ, that you've, that you've born again, that you're part of the body of Christ. He says, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long suffering. That's patience, yep. meekness, um, which, you know, you don't hear very much long suffering, bearing with one another. That means bearing with each other's burdens and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. And then verse 14, Paul tells you all these things you have to have. You you have to, you know, what does he say? You put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long suffering, bearing with one another, forgiving each other. And then in verse 14, he says, but above all these things, but above all these things, put on love. (laughs) Amen. Which is Amen. the bond of perfection. You talk yep. about perfect love. That's the bond of perfection. And yep. let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Then he goes on in verse 16 and talks about letting the word of Christ dwell in your hearts and encouraging one another in songs and in hymns and in spiritual songs. Then he gets down to where husbands and wives are. Yep. And he tells he the does. he tells the wives to to give respect and reverence to their husbands. And what's he tell the husbands to? Love your wives and do not be bitter towards them. A lot of times people don't realize mm-hmm. that they that that they in don't. marriage it takes love and respect. Um, you know, the Bible talks about how we're to be submitting to one another in the Lord. You yeah. know, I do a lot of things for my wife and a lot of things for my family. I do a lot of things for uh, as a pastor. I do things that maybe you don't necessarily feel like you want to do. But as Jack Hayford always says, people don't care how much you know, yep. but they always know how much you care. In other words, people don't care how much of the Bible you study each day or how much of the word of God you have a knowledge of. But they're going to know if you love them, <laughs> if you care about them, and if you matter oh, yeah. to them. That's the important thing. And a lot of times churches are guilty of this, Josh. And I mean they this, are. and I'm not saying this. I pastored a church years and years ago, and I won't mention a name. But I pastored a church years ago when I was a young pastor, and I had two missionaries that visited our church from Haiti. And this this missionary, this man who was a missionary, had lost his first wife. She passed away. He lived in Haiti during a civil war, oh, an wow. uprising, and had bullets bullet holes in his bathroom wall of the <laughs> compound where he lived there Dang. in Port-au-Prince in Haiti. And he married another lady who was a native of Haiti oh, and wow. a beautiful couple. They visited our church. We had a great service that that Sunday. We gave them a very, very, very generous and uh, love offering and support offering, and we sponsored them monthly anyway. And when they left the church that night to head back to uh, the place they were staying, and they were getting ready to leave, they were itinerating through the through uh, the state, through the country. They were yeah. on furlough. This missionary's wife said to me, Pastor Matt. My husband and I just love you and Stephanie. You're great kids. Now, they would not say that now. We're both in our 40s. But back then, we were, you know, we were just a couple of kids pastoring. Yeah. You're great kids. And this is what she said, Josh. And I'll quote you word for word. She said, but you have the coldest, most unfriendly, most unloving group of people I've ever seen. Oh, wow. Josh, I, I, you could have blew me over with a feather. I said, that's not true. That's not true at all. But in my heart, I knew she was telling me the truth. Yep. And so my wife and I, who hadn't been married that long, uh, were driving back home. And I, I told Stephanie, I said, can you believe what she just said? In fact, I think we were having dinner that evening, actually. We went somewhere to get, get, get something to eat, some fast food. And we're sitting down, I think, at a Wendy's eating that night. And I said, can you believe what she said? And my wife said, well, it's true. And the sad <laughs> thing about it was, Josh, was that, was that I didn't understand that 
even churches can lack love. Oh, and yeah. if you if you're in a church that doesn't have love, you can spot it real quick. Yep. The body of Christ, which is the church, which is the 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 which is those that make up the body of Christ, we're called to love. Just like Paul wrote to the church in Colossians chapter three, yep. he said, "But above all these things, and you're supposed to put on these things, and they should be uh, they should be examples of the new man, the, the, the new life in Christ. Above all those things, put on love. Yep. That's the bond of perfection." Well, have you ever, have you never noticed what, you know, I, I mean, I've, I've used bonding agents, you know, oh, yeah. super glue and Same. wood glue and cement. What is happens when you bond something together? It, it, it completes it. It holds it together. <laughs> it doesn't allow it to crack or to break or to crumble. Yeah. Love is what bonds the body of Christ yep. together. It's what bonds Amen. people Amen. together. And I think that we're Amen. missing that. You know, I know we're missing that because look at the church today. People say, I'm not going to church. Nope. Why not? Because it's full of hypocrites. It is. Why is it full of hypocrites? Because people don't love others. They don't love each other. I, I feel like that, you know, if people know that, and here's the thing, people can spot phoniness. They can spot if you're fake. Yep. They can. And we have a lot of fake people in the church. We have a lot of fake people in the world. We have a lot of people out there that, quite <laughs> frankly, are, are not... Are, are are not really really that 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 loving of people. No. Now they they they'll give you the impression on Sunday that they're loving that they're loving, but then what are they doing Monday through Saturday? Yep. Because I tell you what, real love is, Josh. Real love is forgiving that person that's offended you. Yep. That's hurt you. That's wronged you. I think about all the people I've counseled. You mentioned counseling. Oh, yeah. I've been I've been counseling for twenty two years. Marriage counseling, family counseling, um, and I just give spiritual counseling. I tell everybody I am no James Dobson and I'm no Doctor Phil, and I don't claim to be, and I'm not going to try to be that. Oh, but, when, but when I talk to people, though, when I'm dealing with uh, the people that, you know, there's people that have had that have had history of past abuse, uh, physical abuse, mental abuse, have been mistreated, have been uh, have been, you know, have been treated very badly. Mm -hmm. and, and whenever they come to Christ, they struggle with that. And when you counsel with them and you talk with them, and you, the first question I will generally ask them after they've kind of shared their heart and kind of opened up about the situation that they're dealing with is one of the hard questions you have to ask them is, is have you forgiven this person? Yep. And one person in particular said, I can't forgive this person. And I came back and said to this individual, this was years ago, if you can't forgive, Jesus said, if you can't forgive others of their trespasses, neither will your father in heaven forgive you. Because I said, forgiveness is a key. I said, that's a sign of Christian love. And I Amazing. had to explain to this individual that love is patient. Love is kind. Love doesn't. I just read First Corinthians 13, and I read that almost the entire chapter to this person and said, what does love do? Love does not keep a record of wrong. That's the agape love that the church needs to have. We don't have that now. No, you know, we for, we're, we're quick to point the finger and, and, and point out the faults of others. We are. And here's the thing. And I love what you I love what you said about Impact Youth. You know, this is a safe place. <laughs> Kids can come in here. To impact youth, and they can know that they're loved, mm -hmm. that they're appreciated. Yep. Uh, that 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 we're you know we're not going to cast them aside. I think one of the things that the Lord has taught me is that in some of the most precious moments in my life as a minister have been working with people that have that that have been struggling that that are that are hard to love because they seem to appreciate that so much, Josh, and they really respond yep. in positive. And you know, the one thing you can tell a person and really mean it and give to them and it doesn't cost you anything is love. Yep. I mean, what I mean by that is, is you can, you can love somebody and encourage them and be a blessing to them and be their friend, be their brother or sister in Christ. And that's what Jesus calls us to do. You know, Jesus said, John 13, 35, a new commandment I give unto you that you love one another as I loved you. Well, how Amen. much did Jesus love us? He went to the cross. Yep. He died he for us. And he I think that's, and you come back to it. You said, you know, sacrificial love, is what Jesus did. Yep. If you want to know it love, is. look to that cross. It is. It is. It is. And and you know, with my years in ministry, which not been too many, uh, you know, years in ministry, not as much as Pastor Matter was here. <laughs> um, but uh, but but just you know, with the ministry I just came from called CBN and transitioned into this new ministry of Impact Youth, uh, being you know there and working with kids at summer camp and stuff, you sure. know, learning and understanding well, you know. Just seeing these kids and how much love they were actually searching for, sure. and and you know, I had the well, I'm gonna tell you this, I had, I had an awesome opportunity 
this actually past summer when I was um, there finishing out my time with the mm-hmm. ministry as I was transitioning over to this one. Um, you know, there was this kid I'd kind of been ministering to for about sure. a year. Been about a year. He, he came near my, he was there. He started coming. Uh, his first time at camp was my second year at camp, mm-hmm. <laughs> working full time uh, with the ministry. And, uh, and the cool thing was um, he, uh, you know, he, he was a kid that, you know, struggled with love sure. because it wasn't something he saw. You know, he, he kind of came from a really broken home, really oh, kind of yeah. hurt oh, environment, yeah. his situation. Um, but the really cool thing was mm-hmm. that that one Thursday night he came to me and uh, um, and said, hey, Josh, he goes, he goes, he goes, can I talk to you a second privately? I said, yeah, mm-hmm. let's talk. So we walked off, you know, a little ways from everybody else as everyone else was kind of sharing mm-hmm. testimonies and, you know, felt from together. We kind of took off and. And that night, you know, one of the coolest things was because of the love I exemplified mm-hmm. and showed, because I, exam- I exemplified Christ's love and everyone else around me exemplified Christ's love, mm-hmm. it impacted his life to the point that, you know, a year prior, I talked to him about how much Jesus loves him, how much mm-hmm. I loved him, how much Jesus loves him, why Jesus loved him so much. He gave his son and it stuck with him for a whole year in his mind to, to the point that, the, that a year later mm-hmm. he came mm-hmm. and he wanted Jesus. And that night mm-hmm. he looked at me and says, I want Jesus. I said, why do you want Jesus? Amen. He goes, because I recognize that I am a sinner and he's a savior. Mm-hmm. He goes, because ever since you spoke to me mm-hmm. a year ago about yeah. how much Jesus loves me, it's played in my mind. And I realized this week, mm-hmm. based off the speaker, what the speaker talked Amen. about, he realized that, that God loved him regardless of his Amen. flaws and, and his and regardless of things he'd done. He, and so he wanted to give his life to Christ. Mm-hmm. The very cool thing is, he came, after that, he came back every single week, mm-hmm. every Monday to volunteer on Mondays to help in the mornings mm-hmm. to help out with mm-hmm. uh, with parking cars in any way he could mm-hmm. because he mm-hmm. wanted to do something the Lord. Because yeah. after that, he was like, I want to do sure. this for, to help these kids out. And what, and what turned it? It was the love of God. It was the love of God. That's what impacted and, and, and you <laughs> talked about that where, where we, 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 cheapen, we cheapen the word and the term and the emotion of love. Yep, we do. How many people, I mean, let's, I don't want to get too... Do, I don't want to get too graphic or, or, or deep here, but but you look at the things that are going on. You know, I, I I've, I've been downtown and I've done work at, at missions and oh, yeah. homeless shelters and things like that. My brother Jonathan and I hope he's hope he listens to this. Uh, he and his lovely wife Angela they got a great ministry out in, in California, in La Habra, California, at New Life Church. And uh, and they have a ministry to women that are in the adult entertainment industry. Oh wow! And 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 the stories that my brother has shared with me when we've had family get-togethers about how they go in, and uh, you know, and a team of ladies goes in and, and and they reach these young women that are you know, and these young women have probably been abused, have been neglected, have been rejected. They've never really been shown any kind of love. And 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 when you show them genuine love and care and concern. It really can impact their life, and and it's it's amazing because it really can. that's that that's that is just a microcosm of our society. You look at all the people that are that are hurting, that are depressed, that are discouraged, yep. people that are turning to drugs, oh, yes. and alcohol, and other other things. The emotional problems that people have, and I think that the one thing that people desperately need and they don't get, and they're looking for, is love. So so people yep. look for love, and they try to find it in relationships. They try to find it in acceptance from all these other uh, means and they outlets do. and things like that. I, I, I can't tell you, you know, how many times that, that I have. Uh, I, I counseled with a couple one time, and uh, they got married, and, and in the premarital counseling, I asked them, right here in my office here at Rock Church, I said, why do you two want to get married? I said, I want you to first answer the question, why do you want to be married to this person? And of course, the the I let the 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 bride went first. The groom said, "I'll let her go first, and I'll go second. And she said, and I quote, "I had been in bad relationship after bad relationship. I have been her words, not mine. I have been mistreated and 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 not treated well. She goes, "I wasn't physically or anything like that. She goes, she, she said, "Please don't misunderstand me." She said, but I, I was not treated well. She says, and then she started to break down and cry. And then she said, and I met, and she mentioned the group's name. She said, and from the very first moment I met him, all he showed me was unconditional love. Amen. And and she said, and 
She said, but I realized that because he loved Christ and because he loved the Lord, he loved God, and that allowed him to love me. She says, and believe me, and she said this, she said, believe me, when he got, when he met me, she said, I was not in a good place. Yeah. She said, I was not close to the Lord. I was not serving God. And she said, and this guy just walked into my life. And she said, um, uh, and she talked about how, how she had been in bad relationship after bad relationship and how God just brought this man into her life. And, and, and if you'd have seen this guy, he was a nice guy, normal looking guy. But he had the incredible capacity to love like I've never seen. Wow. And I told him, I said, I think someday you're going to make a good pastor. And he said, I don't know about that. He goes, I, he goes I'm an accountant. <laughs> I said, I know that. I said, but you can be an accountant and also work in ministry. Well, you and guess he's a pastor now. Well, he is, actually, truth <laughs> be told. So he is. Oh, and um, and they're, they're, working, they're working in children's ministry now. Praise and uh, this is up in Michigan. Or not basically this is here in Indiana and uh, they, they had to move I think moved to Fort Wayne so uh, oh, wow. and I miss them dearly because they're great people they this was years ago when I first was here and uh, and uh, but this guy just and you could tell when they stood up there in our church to get married and they were hand in hand you could tell that she 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 loved him and he loved her but in the counseling I, I talked to them about about how their love needs to be how our relationship with a man and woman needs to be, and God needs to be like a triangle. You have God yeah. at the top, you have man and woman, and then the closer you both get to God, the closer you get to each other. Yep. And uh, and and it made a lot of sense to them. But the beauty of this was that he said, I loved her from the moment I met her. I had prayed and asked God to send me a wife, and he did. And he said, all Amen. I can, he said, and, and he made a statement that I've used to this day. He said, I always picture my wife, he mentioned her name, you know, I, I always picture her with a with a with a stamp on her forehead that says "handle with care," <laughs> and a sign over her heart that says "fragile." And he said, "So that's how I always approach it." Now that doesn't mean that he thought his his wife was weak because she thought she was a very uh, smart, intelligent, wonderful it just, lady. It, it, it just but means he that just he loved. cared he enough. Just, he cared enough, and he showed love, and and he understood that that real love is 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 meaningful. And real love, like we talk about, we don't, you know, love, there's, of course, you have, you love God mm -hmm. with all your heart, your soul, your strength, and your mind. You love your neighbor as yourself. That's your fellow man. You love your spouse, your family, your loved ones. You love them sacrificially. And again, the Bible says in the scriptures that, you know, that if you love someone, you're going to show the world. It's John 13, 34, yep. 35 says, and John 15 and 12, Jesus said, if you love me, if you love me you know, love one another as I've loved you. Yep. And by this, all men will know that you're my disciples Amen. if you have loved one for another. So I think we need to, I think the church is lacking in this, Josh. We it need is. to love each other more than we ever have, especially during a time like now. There's there's no greater way to show the love of God than it to is. help everyone or be yep. there for others when they're in need. So. Yep, I really think that, you know, we are lacking love. And, it, and I want to kind of go back to what you're saying about that couple again, mm -hmm. you know, about how, you know, uh, how you counsel them in the way sure. they love. And one of the things that kind of popped in my head, and I use this in the sure. one counseling session I do with a married couple, and that was I let them know that, because you mentioned the whole triangle and how sure. they got to work their way up, where sure. it all kind of filters, yep. basically. How how I described it to him uh, to this couple was I said everything you do in your marriage, you know, to make one to make it sensible is you need to you need to send everything to the filter of what I call God. Yes. And that is and that is you know such as you know everything you do every day open the word you know right. pray with her study because as a man you know Encourage. God calls us to lead yeah. like Christ does and and yeah. that is to take time out of your day to study God's word take mm -hmm. time to pray for her. Take yep. time to go extra mile and everything you do, you know, and I tell people, okay, and this is what I tell people is I tell them, I said, you will know what you have when you have it because God That's makes right. it known to you. I said, one of the ways to know that is the fact when you can look at that person and understand that, that there's nothing in this world you could have ever done to get this. What you realize that you're so undeserving of it because sure. you're so imperfect, you're so flawed, you're we you know you're, you're just a sinful man mm -hmm. um, who who does no good, and you see that God found you so deserving that He blessed you with something so precious. I tell them, I tell people this. I say, when you look at your spouse, whether it's your girlfriend, whether it's your boyfriend, whether it's your wife, husband, mm -hmm. whatever, mm -hmm. when you look at them. A thing you should understand is you should realize, and this should bring you to tears, is you mm -hmm. should go look at that person and, and start crying in tears and know that 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 you love that person so much and you understand that they yes. are a precious gift 
given by yes. God to you. And that out of all the millions of men and women out there, were blessed. God blessed them to you. And you are so blessed to the point yeah. that you have them. And that's why I tell people, when you get that perfect someone, you find that perfect someone, you know, one, don't lose them. Do do things right as love God them. calls. Love them like Christ. Sure. Love the church. But sure. I tell them, you know, I tell guys this, I say, a girl's heart is like is like an eggshell. Mm-hmm. It's delicate. Mm-hmm. Just a just a just the slightest little, you know, touch mm-hmm. can make that eggshell mm-hmm. start to crack. Mm-hmm. And I said, when you're holding that girl's heart, you know, she's giving it to you. A lot of times, you know, when they give it to you, you hold it in your hands, and your whole job as a man in Christ is to protect that heart to make sure it never cracks. Don't break it. And when when there's a moment where she, you know, and how it starts to crack is when she starts to feel down. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when when something happens in her life that makes her hurt and then a crack pops in and there's your job as a man is to come through and to fill that crack and fill that crack with what? God's love. God's, God's love. Mm-hmm. And and by doing that is is by letting her know that when she falls, you're there to pick her up. Mm-hmm. When she cries, you're there to wipe away yep. her tears. Yep. And you're there to hold her in her time of need and to be there for her and to exemplify yep. that. And that is like Christ. Yep. You know, when, when we fall, Christ picks us up. That's right. When, That's true. when, when, when we cry, he wipes away our tears. And yes. so when you look at Christ and how, how he mm-hmm. handles us on a daily basis in our situations, mm-hmm. it shows us as guys, but also girls as well, mm-hmm. are to exemplify the same characteristics in yep. our relationships yep. with with, with our spouses, boyfriend, girlfriend, spouses, regardless. Sure, and that and, and, that, and that's and that's not just for the family. I mean, God God created two institutions. The first institution He created was the church. Yep, the body of Christ. Amen. And the second institution He created was marriage and the family. Yep. And both of those are based on relationship. They are. And the relationship that you have with God should be a relationship that is that is one out of love. Yep. Faith. <laughs> trust, Amen. reverence, Amen. Um, and then those same qualities that you show to God and you demonstrate to God and you share with the world is Amen. also what what we should be doing with our spouse in our earthly relationships. Jesus said, love your enemies. Yes, you know, he does. He you know, do good unto those that, that despitefully use you. Lend to, lend to someone yes. without expecting it to, to, to ever repay back. Uh, do good. You know, what did Jesus say? The golden rule, you know, for whatever you would that man should do unto you, do mm-hmm. likewise. Do yep. unto others as you would have them do unto you. A lot of times people people are not selfless. They're not no. uh, they're not compassionate. Um, the story of the Good Samaritan is a great illustration because Jesus said in that parable that, that the greatest commandment was to love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. And the second, the second commandment was to love your neighbor as yourself. And then some man said, well, who's my neighbor? Well, Jesus said, I'll tell you who your neighbor is. And he tells a story. And, of course, Jesus understood the cultural norm of the day. So he oh, said yes. that a man, a Jewish man, was was on the road mm-hmm. and he fell among thieves mm-hmm. that robbed him, beat him and left him for dead. Yep. And two religious men, priest and a Levite walked past him. In fact, they went on the other side of the road. They thought he was dead. So they walked on the other side of the road and left him there. But then Jesus, Jesus really brings the point home because he said the third man, a Samaritan. Now when he said Samaritan, don't think for one second, Jesus could have said another man came. Yeah. A third man came. A third, a third journey, a third sojourner. He could have used any kind of word, but he said, then came a Samaritan. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. the reason he said that was because Jewish people and Samaritans were enemies. Yep, they were. They and were he, he he talked about the cultural, ethnic differences. And he said, here's who your neighbor is. And he said, this Samaritan had mercy and compassion on this man. And he you know, he, 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 you know, he, he reached down and cared for the man. He poured in oil and wine and binded up his wounds and put him on his own animal and took him to an inn and cared for him. And then he told the man, he said, take care of this man. And if there's anything that I owe, when I come back, I'll pay you. And Jesus said, now, which one of these three men was a neighbor to the man that fell among the thieves? And of course, the guy that asked him the question, I don't know who this guy was, but he reluctantly probably said, well, I guess the guy that was showed a compassion, Jesus said, well, did you go and do the same thing? Yep. And what Jesus is telling us is, is you've got to understand 
that sometimes love means you have to do for others even when you don't want to. Sometimes you gotta you just gotta show them love even when you don't want to. And I don't think any Christian believer, if they're honest with his or herself, mm-hmm. would be able to say there's been a, there, there's not been a time in my life where I have not encountered somebody that I didn't like, oh, yeah, that I didn't care for, that I didn't appreciate, that treated me bad, that I had to show them compassion, I had to show them love. I had a man that treated me very badly one time, Same. and and I mean very badly. And uh, not often pastors get stalked, but I got stalked by this guy. He would drive by. He kept tabs on me every day. He would <laughs> drive by the church, and he would check and see if my car was parked in the parking lot, if I was if I was sitting in my office, and he would drive by, and he and he just harassed me. And um, and he would always wait a big circle drive that went around the church. So I made up a big cardboard sign. And when he drove by one time, I ran out the front door of the church and I held that sign up and it said, hello, and it had his name on it. And he drove by me. He saw it. And I let him know that I know what you're doing. And this guy and I argued and he was a leader in the church. And this oh. guy argued and, and, and he, he just opposed everything I wanted to do. And finally, the man ended up leaving the church. Now, I prayed and fasted for seven days and said, God, either change his heart and, and bring him to a right place and bring mm-hmm. restoration and reconciliation. Or if he's not going to change, then remove it. Well, he well, he left. And um, and so anyways, um, what I haven't shared yet was that at the time we had a major, major project going on at the church and he had bid on that contract. He'd bid on that contract and he had gotten. The uh, uh, he had gotten part of the work of the contract <laughs> and uh, our building committee, which I was the chairman of, had the power and the authority to authorize who could who could work. We could hire and fire people. And I had it within my power to go over there and tell him, uh, pack up your tools, get your crew out of here. You're fired. And I and he and he he didn't know that, but I did. And I had it in my ability, and I thought I could put this guy in the poorhouse. It's a dead yeah. of winter. He needs this job. Yeah. He canceled every other opportunity to get this job and bid on this job. And I could fire him and put him on welfare if I wanted to. Yeah. And there was a part of me, Josh, that wanted to do that. You know, I was a young guy at the time. I was, you know, I had a temper and I was, you know, I, I did not like the way I was treated. And I prayed about it, and the Lord convicted me in prayer and said, Your attitude is wrong. And I remember I was praying at the altar in my church one day, and the Lord said, didn't I tell, doesn't my word say, love one another as I have loved you? The Lord very sternly said, Matt, I went to the cross for you. I died for you. I forgave you. Amen. And And you're pouting, you're mad, you're upset because somebody gave you a hard time. You better forgive him. And then the Lord reminded me of the scripture. Two scriptures came to mind. The Lord, where the Lord said, if you if you don't forgive men their trespasses, neither will your father in heaven forgive you your trespasses. And then the other scripture that says, if you cannot love your brother whom you have seen, how can you love your father in heaven whom you have not seen? Yes. And man, I'm telling you what, Josh, I cried a river of tears. I prayed and repented. God, forgive me. And um, the work got done about about a month later, the, the work was done. And then the complete guys came in, the finishing team came in and everything else. And I sat down, I sat down at my desk or my computer and I typed a thank you letter to this guy. And I thanked him for his work. I thanked him for all that he did. And I told him how much I appreciated the work that he did. And that if he ever needed a recommendation or a referral or reference, please let me know. And nice. we would be more than happy to do that. And I mailed it off. Oh, nice. And when he got the letter, he told his wife, uh, they probably, the church probably made him do this. This is just a form letter. But they called the church and talked to the secretary. My secretary, who knew me very well, said, no, nobody, nobody. She said, nobody put Matt up to that. She said, you should know by now, nobody, nobody makes Matt do anything. And she said, she said, he wrote that on his own. She goes, I don't even know he wrote it. Wow. She said, he must have wrote that on his own and sent that because nobody here told him or made him or asked him to do that. He just did that. Wow. 
And they later, and, and I got a card back from that family that said, thank you. And, and you know, when that happened, when I wrote that letter and I signed my signature on that letter, Josh, and I mailed it and put it in the mailbox, I'm, I'm kidding you, as soon as I opened the mailbox and put it in at the post office and mailed it off, I just felt this weight just lift off. Amen. And I really, really found a, a, a newfound love for God and for others. I think, you know, there's times that God has to break us and show us there that is. love is, is that way. Sometimes love is is not is not easy. Sometimes love is 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 hard. It is hard, and that's where you got to come back to understanding that that's what Christ wants us to do. People it don't want to talk about it that way, but that's really that's that's the part of love that gets a little bit messy. Sometimes. It is. It, it's really hard, and you know, um, and stuff. I had, I had a situation, um, you know, almost like that in a way where I had a guy that made it hard for me to do my job. You know, constantly <laughs> would always watch every move I make, try to get me in trouble, make up a lie or whatever too to get in me there. in trouble. In and uh, you know, and, and, and anytime anytime he could find any little thing to go to go tell the supervisor, the person above me, mm-hmm. hey, you know, just to make himself look good sure. or, or just because he wanted me gone, you know, um it irritated me, it infuriated me, it angered me inside. It, it did. But I ha- but it's like you know like like I showed you you know mm-hmm. about loving them and I sure. had and God showed me that too because yeah. because one of the biggest questions I asked is I asked someone that used to work with them and I said I said help me understand how to love them better that's a good way and, to pray and, and too. I said and I and and I prayed for that and the Lord helped me and every time a situation yeah. arose yeah. where He started something I I would just look at mm-hmm. him and say hey you know I don't know what the deal is why we're arguing you know why why are you getting upset about something you know mm-hmm. there's no reason to get upset. You know, if um, and stuff, and sometimes he get furious. But how I handled every situation, instead yeah. of lashing back and telling him who he is and That's what he right. is and put him in his place, <laughs> I just, I just kindly would sit there and say, "Hey, man," I said, "I don't know what your problem is, bro. I love you because yeah. here's the good traits about you. Here's what you're mm-hmm. good at. And if you, and if, and, 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 and if we could just get along, yeah, then." Then, we, then I think we can work together and yeah. do great things yeah. for the kingdom of God. Well, that's true because, you know, even the disciples argued amongst themselves over they who would be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus said, but you guys are getting this all wrong. You guys are getting this all wrong. He brought a little child up to him and set that child on his lap and said, unless you be converted and become like this little child, you're not going to see the kingdom of heaven. And what he was saying there was children just love. Yep. You were talking a moment ago about your, we are both talking about our two nephews. You mentioned your nephew, Alex, and my nephew, oh, yes. Jackson. And, um, you know, I, I uh, you know, and my, my nephew had a birthday yesterday and, um, you know, I, I shared the story about the hat that I bought him and uh, the hat that I bought him. I didn't know I bought it for him. I bought a, 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 a hat that I had bought, a St. Louis Blues hat, and I brought it home. I was visiting my parents in St. Louis and got some Stanley Cup stuff from the Blues. And I had this hat and Jackson was staying at the house and with my, my, uh, with my parents and and he said, what do you got there, Uncle Matt? And I showed him. I said, well, this is a blues hat. And he immediately put on his head and said, thanks, Uncle Matt. And he thought it was for him. And I said, wait a minute, buddy, what are you doing? And he said, he said, well, I thought this was for me. And I said, well, do you want that hat? And he said, yeah. So I let him have the hat. It was only like, you know, it's just, it wasn't that expensive. So. Yeah. But I love him so much, I'd do anything for him, you know. And, and mm-hmm. next time I saw him, I brought him a John Deere hat, you know, and and uh, and he's such a you know I just love him to death you know and, and he's my nephew like you are with your nephew Alex I mean when they the, the love that children have you know I mean they, they give you a hug they embrace you they tell you that they love you they they're so happy to see you and there's an innocence to that love there's an innocence to that love they just love you in spite of that you know they don't know all the mistakes that you've made. You know, my nephew doesn't know all the mistakes I've made. He doesn't know all the times I've messed up. He just knows I'm Uncle Matt. And, you know, Alex Sorry. loves Uncle Osh, you know. Yep. And, and, uh, me. Yeah, and so, and you think about that, you know, Jesus talks about the about how we're to love like children and become like those children are meek mm-hmm. and they're loving. And so Jesus said, you guys are getting this wrong. You're arguing amongst yourselves over who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Why don't you try to, why don't you try to be more humble? And, 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 and that's where I think the meekness and the humility and the love that Jesus demonstrated is what we have to show. That's why we have to let this mind be in us, which was in Christ Jesus. But that, that's, that's, that's love. That's what Jesus wants. Us it to is. Do. It is something that we have we to, to uh, uh, you know do and that is yeah. you know we'll call them love and and you know one, one of the one of the uh, I don't know what this, but uh you know 
the defining moment in a ministry mm-hmm. that determines whether the ministry is successful or not yeah. is whether or not they love. Mm-hmm. Because because to have a successful ministry, to grow a ministry, yep. you have to understand, one, you have to understand what love was. Sure. But you really have to understand the love that Jesus poured out yes. to you on the cross. Yes. You know, you understand that love. And mm-hmm. NC to really grow a ministry in a positive direction yeah. where you're really being effective yeah. is you have to understand, one, God's love in your own life. Mm-hmm. You have to understand, and you have to come to a moment where you have to really understand if you're truly saved and born again. You know, you should you should understand this pretty well. But you have to come to a moment in life where you truly understand and realize. And the question you have to ask yourself is, how much does that cross mean to me? That's right. Good and it's a question you got to ask people: is, How much does that cross mean to me? Because yeah. what's because what what is that cross like? Like in my own personal mm-hmm. life. With what I've been through in life and everything I've struggled with and all the situation trials I've gone through. And and when Christ got me, he got me in my lowest point in life. And and when when Christ got a hold of me, I I got saved. And I look back at that and realize what that cross means is that is that that in the midst of my my pain, my suffering, in the midst of my Mm -hmm. sinfulness, when I turn my back on God and say, God, I'm done. I don't want you to get away from me. Crucify him. Put him on the cross. He. I didn't go search for him. He found you. He came and found me. That's like that. It's it's like a song my brother John sings. Uh, he sings. He sung it here actually when he did a. Uh, he preached and ministered for us many years ago. It's a great song by Dallas Holmes. I'm Pastor Matt showing how old he is. I'm 49 years old, so I'm showing how old I am. But the song is "At My Worst You Found Me." At my yeah. worst, you died. And uh, when you listen to the words of that song, you notice it says, "At my worst, you found." Me. Amen. We didn't find him. He found us. Jesus Amen. said, you didn't choose me. I've chosen you. And I think when we understand that Jesus loves us enough that he can forgive us, he can wash away our sins, we can receive salvation, he can show us mercy and grace. He said on the cross, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. That is incredible love. And that's amazing because, you know, he died for all of us. And even the two thieves on the cross, and both thieves at some point railed against him. One passage yeah. of scripture says both of the thieves rode against him, but then one of the thieves that was crucified with Jesus came to the realization, this oh, yeah. is the son of God. Yep. And he then addressed him with reverence and respect. And in his yeah. dying moments, he said, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. I mean, imagine right there. And then Jesus said, truly, true." This was in, in Luke uh, 21 and 40, or Luke 23 and 43. Yep. Jesus said, truly, truly, today will you be with me in paradise? Amen. Jesus was 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 showing love and compassion in his most agonizing moment when he was on the cross. Amen. And again, it comes back to the Lord finds us at our worst. We're in sin. We're lost. We're undone. Yeah. But when he forgives us and he's forgiven us of every sin we've ever committed and that we can't yeah. forgive others. That's that, that shows a lack of love. You know, and I just want to say before we wrap it up here that love that love is demonstrated mm-hmm. not just in your words, but in your, actions. but in your actions. You know, the Bible says, you know, let us not just love in in word only, but also in deed. Mm-hmm. You put that love mm-hmm. into action. It's one thing when somebody is in need yep. and you say, well, I'll pray for you. Uh, you know, I love you and I'll pray for you. That's good. And I appreciate that. And I mean, I mean that sincerely. I appreciate the, the concern of the care. But the real love is seen whenever you go that extra mile. Yes, it is. And you do for others and you and it you is. give sacrificially. You give and do things that you're not – love is getting out of your comfort zone, getting out of your box, and loving people, caring for people, genuinely trying to, to, to help someone. And I think that you know what you did there at CBN when you were working there with those, those kids, and you've shared a lot of stories with me, more than we could probably do with this podcast, this, this live stream. But – those kids were starving for love. They probably they didn't have it. So when you show them genuine love and you just do things for them out of love and out of compassion, it's going to impact their life. It and is. I don't care. I don't care how hard a hard a person is, whether it's a prisoner in jail, it's a man or woman struggling with addiction that's in recovery, whether it's a person that's been abused and mistreated yep. in his or her life, you reach out with them out to them with love and you show them love i'm telling you it will it'll make oh, an impact it will change their life and we had <laughs> this is pretty cool i gotta tell you guys this but uh we had one moment when i was with that ministry ministry of cbm 
um, in Virginia called Camp Red Arrow. One of one of the cool moments, and this was this was a god moment. Um, you know, but you know, I told you about the one earlier about that kid I ministered to, and a year later he came to Christ. But this was another cool one. We we had these we had these two brothers that showed up, and they had just lost their dad. Their dad had just passed away, and they still wanted to come to camp, so they came, and, and they were all you know frantic. They they were in tears all the time, you know, because they lost someone close and sure. special, and it, and you could tell it really nailed them heavy. But the cool thing out of this whole thing, out of their suffering, their pain, was the fact that God used a situation that broke them. Mm-hmm. In such a way that they were, that God was able to simplify His love because He's around people that that, that He's around people that Amen. gathered around Him and loved on Him and shared love and showed Him that Christ loves them. Amen. From the kids, the kids were amazing there because yeah. they loved each other. They just showed that. And the cool thing was mm-hmm. that Thursday night at campfire, they both got up and that night they said, "Hey, this week we gave our lives to Christ." And so, in the about. midst of their trial, they found joy and hope in Christ yeah. because they understood, "Hey, I may be suffering, I may be going through something, God but me. God loves me. God loves you." And and I can and they understood that it could carry them through the problems and they Amen. knew this and it was pretty cool and I think I think Amen. one of the coolest things especially like what you mentioned about the man on the cross yeah. was you know you had the man on the other side that sat there and was basically coming against God until yeah. God basically sent birds to basically <laughs> yeah. fuck him yeah. to pieces yeah. And, yeah well he said he said he said if you're the son of God save yourself and us too he's like yeah. get your if you're if you're who you say you are Get down off the cross and help us too. Yeah, you know, and I think that's what he was saying. And I think I think the coolest thing there was with the, with the man on there was the other guy was the fact that on the moment when he knew he under he knew his yep. wrong, he knew what he did yes. wrong, and he knew he sinned. And by and when he was there in that moment, yes. uh, the moment where he knew he was at the end of his rope, he was going to die, and there yes. was nothing about it. He looked over and saw a man named Jesus, Jesus. and when he saw that man, he yes. understood right there. He knew with all of them, out of out of all the the whole country, the whole country turned against God. They had everyone, the whole world turned against God, turned their back and put God on a cross. And this one man mm-hmm. sat there on that on on a cross next to Jesus and looked over yeah. and understood that Christ loved them. Yeah. And I guarantee you that when he was seen, he was like, I guarantee you, what probably went through his mind probably mm-hmm. is he probably saw the very person. He probably realized at that moment. I guarantee he did. I think he realized that Jesus was dying to set him free. So he was. And he and was. he realized that. Yeah. And that's when God said, you yeah. know, you'll be well, that's, that's what he me. said. That's what he said to the other thief. And you see the love that Jesus had there. Jesus said, Father, forgive <laughs> them for they know not what they do. And then the, then the account tells us after that, uh, the gospel accounts tell us that after he said that, uh, after Jesus uttered those words, um, then, then the, the thief you know, because they, because they, the one thief kept railing on you. I'm sure he said oh, yeah. that more than one time. I mean, when you're dying and you're and you're facing the penalty of your of your sin and your crime or whatever, you know, he was a, a criminal, a malefactor, yeah, a criminal, a thief, whatever it was. He was being crucified, and he's desperate. He's dying. What what yeah. has he got to? So he, he probably keeps keeps yelling or or speaking to Jesus, saying, "Help me, help me, get yourself off of here, help us." You know, you you know. If you're who you say you are, help us. Then the other the other criminal that probably also was saying those words initially, he saw the love that Jesus had. Like you said, he realized Jesus was dying. And then he said, don't you fear God? Don't you understand what's happening here? Don't you fear God seeing that we're in the same condemnation, the same judgment? He said, we're receiving the punishment for what we did. Yeah. He said, but this man here has done nothing. He's done nothing. And I think he realized at that point what was truly happening. And that's when he said, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And I think that's a that's the real love of God. But that's the kind of love that Jesus had. And he asks us and commands us and instructs us. And, you know, obviously the command is there that we're to love others. And that's what we need. We are. We are. And and it's so cool. I like that story because it's so cool to see that man that in the moment, where everyone else wasn't understanding what God's disciples did. were he like, did. oh my gosh, Christ is dead. And so, you know, they, they thought God was dead. They, they, sure. everything, they kind of, you know, they started, I guarantee someone started questioning, wondering, was he truly the Messiah or was he just a prophet? Do we, you know, and this, but this man up there who, mm-hmm. this was his first encounter with Jesus. And the very moment he, he came into the presence <laughs> he of God. It. He, he saw Christ, and at that moment, he understand, and I, he understood he was a sinner, and he got saving grace, understood exactly what Jesus was Amen. doing, and he realized that 
this man is innocent and this yes. man is dying for, for me, me. He's and the son of God. I want that. And, yeah. and, and, I, and I guarantee well, you when that guy was talking, he probably had tears in his eyes. He and He cried for and, mercy. And, and stuff crying out for sure. mercy. And when God said, you know, you'll be with me in heaven, yeah. that was an awesome factor Amen. because it, 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 it's what made it all worthwhile it in the worthwhile. moment. And I think, you know, that's just an awesome story. I think that, you know, we can all learn something from that in our lives and go, hey, you know, Christ loves us. Yes. And, and love is something so great that it has no bounds and Amen. there's no bound on it. And our example of love is in Christ um, and stuff. It's a great, great.